It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. One sixteen to tune out that annoying workmate. Yeah. Hey, Sam Hewitt. Uh, <laughs> afternoons with Staffy. 0800 Text me on the Timber Bed Post text like double eight double three. Time to talk some motorsport and open wheel. Uh, the man you have to talk to is, is Mr. Indy, Mr. F1. David Turner joins me right now. G'day, DT. How are you? I'm very good. I hope I'm not an annoying workmate. No, no, not yet. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, talk. how's the documentary coming on in, in production uh, after your trip to Indy and uh, Road America? Well, you didn't go to Road um, America, did you? Went to where? Detroit. Detroit. How's how's the uh, doco coming? Um, well, I'm quite grateful to be able to talk to you for a while because it's given me a break from it, if I'm I'm really honest. But it, it's getting there. We're about halfway through the post production. Um, the shooting went really well. Um, you know, I'm I'm just in awe of the number of Kiwis that we already knew existed, but the the history that some of them have got and some of the names they're associated with as well and. You know, it just uh, hopefully it will be a good watch for everyone. That's that's always been the plan, but it's also about recognising very talented people that we have in this country that seldom do get recognised outside of the drivers, and that's not taking anything away from the drivers because all five of them that we spoke to up there are all very talented. Um, I was going to say young guys, but Dixon's probably uh, not so young anymore. Yeah, are you always mystified by the fact that there are so many talented Kiwis? And, and let's just look from a driver's perspective. Those that are at the top of the pile, yet they get little to no recognition by the wider public in this country. Yeah, look, I think it's just, it's you know, we're a country that has some very strong core sports and we will always be that way. And uh, and it's very similar in the States. You know, if you're a an NFL player or a, even a Major League Baseball player, there is a certain amount of recognition that comes with that. So it's it's probably proportional in many ways. But, yeah, we, we certainly have a lot of talented drivers, and it's not only in North America. You know, they're spanned right around the world. And, you know, names like Padden, Hartley, Bamber, just the list goes on and on and on. And, uh, you know, hopefully at the Elite Motorsport Academy in a couple of weeks' time will groom another eight and uh, add to the list. Let's talk about what happened at Indy in, in the last race. Palau, just awesome, just too too good. Uh, they ran a beautiful yeah. race. Marcus Armstrong I want to talk about first, currently leading Rookie of the Year Championship. They're talking to him uh, in mornings with Smithy tomorrow, but hung out to dry by his own team. Yeah, yeah, slightly. They, they rolled the dice on the strategy, and if the strategy had come good, he would have looked like an absolute hero. Um, but, you know, it, it didn't, and that's the luck of the draw. There's always been a phrase from Roger Penske about um, always pit when your opposition pits. Um, so mm. they didn't do that. And I'm not taking anything away from the strategy because we don't know enough about what went on. But from the outside, it looked like probably not one of the better calls. Um, but in saying that, the feedback that I've had from the team uh, and people around that Ganassi organisation about Marcus is nothing but positive. Absolutely nothing but positive, Stephen. I'm, I'm blown away by 
uh, Marcus as well, and I've known him for a long time. He went through the Elite Motorsport Academy uh, with me as a trustee back in when he was only 14 years old. Um, and to hear him talk now and spend time with him, he's a very mature young man. And Who's um, having fun, more fun than he had in F2 because of the, the environment yes. that F2 produces. He's, in, he's enjoying the environment. He's enjoying the lifestyle in America, just as, as Scott McLaughlin is and many others. Um, and he he's adapting to it. And I think, you know, if they can keep a deal together at Ganassi's, um, then he's in a very good place for the future as well because, uh, you know, the team are certainly very, very happy with his performance. And, he, you know, you can take whatever you like out of Road America, but the bottom line fact is he was in the mix. He was in the mix in qualifying. And, and Chip notices those things. He looks past some things, you know, such as the strategy call, because he knows there's a bigger picture. And, uh, and Marcus is certainly, I think, part of that bigger picture right now and deservingly so as well. Well, he's part of that bigger picture as, as much as Chip Ganassi is willing to take his, uh, Marcus's father's money off him, right? <laughs> I mean, that's, uh, it's, he is paying for the drive, which is not an uncommon thing in motorsport. No, well, the same applies to Marcus Ericsson and that team. That yes. husky chocolate money uh, is is what's keeping Ericsson there. And Ericsson's, you know, beef, if you like, has been with Chip. The fact that, you know, he's won an Indy 500, damn near won another one this year, and uh, and wants some financial compensation. So, um, you know, those are always those scenarios, and that that's how it plays itself out. But if we go back to Marcus for a second, the, the situation there is that if you had to tip money into Marcus, and put him in a race team, what better team to be with? You know, you could have been with one of the other teams, and I'm not going to mention any, but one of the lower teams, um, and not be getting the same results. Uh, so the infrastructure that Marcus has around him is far better. So if you like, the investment is, is well worth it. All right, let's talk about. Well, it's funny we're staying on Chip Ganassi because I've never seen, <laughs> I've never seen Scott Dixon almost get into a punch up. He didn't throw one, but willpower and that move. Well, it was just in practice where Scott Dixon moved over, didn't see him coming, and destroyed his own car, which probably hurt his race in essence. Although he did produce the drive of the day, going from twenty third to fourth, uh, which was, I think. Missed by a lot of people. You know, here we expect to see winners, but going from 19 places in a se- in your second yeah. car, that is a magical performance. Oh, absolutely phenomenal. Very Dixon-like in many ways, and one can only think what he would have been like if he'd actually qualified higher. And, you know, this is so far this season, he hasn't had a race win. And, you know, a stat that's always in the back of my mind is that ever since he's been an IndyCar, he's won one at that's least right. one race a season. So, you know, we're due one. Uh, and he's playing the long game for a championship now. You know, I spoke to him after the 500 and we had a bit of a chat again in Detroit. And it, it's, you know, and he's been and gone, but the championship hasn't. And uh, he, he certainly is very hungry for a seventh title. And, you know, at the moment, though, he's got to catch his teammate Palau. And, uh, you know, that's going to be, I think it's going to be a difficult ask. But as for the willpower thing, yeah, it was maybe a bit of classic will that we haven't seen him in quite a while. Um, He's been trying to mature. He's been trying to be the mature willpower. It was so nice to say him about Grosjean, that guy needs a punch in the face because Romain Grosjean is certainly becoming, from what I hear, one of the most hated drivers by other drivers on the grid. Well, it's becoming a very familiar pattern. Like, I've been quite a fan, but it is becoming a bit of a pattern of maybe what we saw in F1 as well. 
and it's kind of reinventing his, his deal. He's on a contract renewal period at, at Andretti's right now. Um, the DHL money is keeping him there, but they're very, very keen from what I learned while I was away for Jamie Chadwick to come out of uh, Indy Next and into the Formula One program with the DHL money. So Roman may have a bit of a situation on his hand over the next few months in, in renewing his deal. So there's going to be a lot of driver movement this year. Not that it wasn't last year, but there's going to be even more this year, that's for sure. What's the word on Scotty Mack? Scotty Mack, you know, started off with a hiss and a roar. His first two, we're what, season three now, are we? Season three, season yep. three now. Uh, he's looked quick. The car wasn't exactly quick. But there have been at least three occasions this year where the team strategy has let him down. How's he feeling about it all? Well, I guess it's similar to start with how we just talked about Marcus and strategy. You know, you roll the dice in this thing, and this is a tough, tough game. Um, I think he's okay. The pressure will come on, though, from inside Penske to, you know, get another race win. Um, obviously, New Gardens achieved a goal that he needed to achieve psychologically by winning the 500 this year. Will's won it, so there might be a bit of momentum towards Scott on, on that in the coming years. Um, he's just got a knuckle down, you know. There's, there is definitely things that haven't played out well, and it's that same old scenario. You can only control the controllables, and um, and equally in, in the race, he he doesn't want to overdrive the thing because if he does, he's going to pay the price. And you know, I I do agree with something that Will Power said uh, just after Detroit, but before Road America, and he it was probably the start of the the week of Will Power rants, really. Um, but he had a a really big dig at Formula One and saying, you know, how can you possibly watch Formula One when you know that Verstappen's going to win and your IndyCar is by far the toughest racing series in the world? And having just come back from the last three events, uh, I, I can full, fully agree with that statement because, you know, the contrast between Indy Grand Prix, Indy 500 and Detroit was just phenomenal, you know, and, and Alex Palau is doing the job. So, And so is McLaughlin, so, so is everyone. They are... A, Phenomenal bunch of drivers that are in that series. So it's interesting because our mate Greg Murphy and his mate served on there. They've just hopped on a yeah. They've just hopped on a plane from Chicago, so they're coming back home because he's got to at least do one show for Sky Speed in the next couple of weeks. Uh, and <laughs> and Murph said the interesting thing about Road America and being around, and he was on the wall uh, for Scotty Mack for a little bit, just listening in. And the thing that struck him about any cars that people don't see is it how tough it really is to win a race. But how busy yep. how busy they are on a race day, more so than might we might not see at F one. You know, they are because they race so early, they are constantly under the pump and it adds another dynamic to the whole race weekend. Oh, for sure. Um yeah, I, I happened to see Greg on the time in stand, so it was very uh, unique of our mate Greg to make sure he got himself on the tally while he was over there as well, wasn't it? But, <laughs> Funny that. Um, yeah. Um it is a very busy race weekend, even in Detroit. You know, they had a morning warm-up in Detroit, which was a half-hour session. That was 9 o'clock in the morning. So, you know, you go back at least a couple of hours from that uh, for, you know, the team getting ready, getting the car out, all of that sort of carry-on. Then they come out of that, they debrief after that, and then there's, you know, there's generally an autograph or a hospitality session for nearly every driver um, or some sort of PR commitment. And then, you know, 45 minutes before the start of the race, the cars are back out there. Then there's the whole show, if you like, of, of pre-race and flyover and anthems and everything. And then finally, you actually get to the race. So, 
yeah, you know, the driver earns his keep without a doubt, and that's continuous across a normal race weekend. So, you know, a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they're they're busy all the time. I went to the autograph session just out of curiosity in Detroit. Yeah, right. How many autographs did you get? No, none. No, I was interested to see actually how people like Armstrong and that were coping with it. And um, the session went an hour. Wow. Did you not? It went an hour, and there was thousands, thousands of people lining up to get autographs from any driver, including our ones. Um, and, and it was just like an endless queue. And I saw, um, it was actually Roman Grosjean passed me on the escalator when we were leaving. And he, he, he looked absolutely knackered, Stephen, you know. <laughs> He'd just done an hour's worth of autograph signing. So, um, you know, the, but this is how it works. It, it, and that's where IndyCar has always been very good, is it's got an open or quite an open relationship with drivers to fan base because they know that that's a, a strong link for them yeah. as opposed it's, to maybe the, the separation in Formula 1. We've been having the conversation about how important the fan is to sport and, and it was highlighted last night by uh, a New South Welshman, Jerome Lewis, bagging the fans, basically saying, you know, you're all idiots, you've got work tomorrow morning. That You just don't do that. Hey, I'm almost out of time. I just have to ask you one thing. ESPN are reporting yeah. that Ricardo is now open to an Alfa Tori drive in 24. Both DeVries, DeVries and Yuki Tsunoda are apparently out of contract. What does that mean for Liam Lawson if they if he, if they, he can't unseat Perez? I, I think that you won't get two people from the South Pacific and the team at the same time, and that's why Dixon never drove for Williams BMW because Mark Webber was there at the time. So Tsunoda stays because of his Honda money and potentially Ricardo yep. goes in there and suddenly Liam Lawson's in limbo again. Yeah. Wow. Wow, that's that's sad because you know you. That's uh, as I said, it's controlling the controllables, and that's one that he won't be able to control. All right, mate. That's always a pleasure talking to you. Now you've had your break. Have a little cup of tea. Have a little bicky, <laughs> then get back into the editing suite. Okay. When can we see the documentary? Uh, Sky Sport have confirmed that it will go to air straight after the uh, full race replay of the Portland race in September, leading into the final race of the IndyCar season. Exciting times, mate. Looking forward to it. Take care, man, and thanks for your time as always. No, you're most welcome, Stephen. Great to chat. Yeah, as always, Dave Turner, DT, as we like to call him in the industry, one of the best motorsporting minds going around. Uh, I just had uh, Kenny, who was talking about... what was Kenny talking about before? He was talking about something, and he said, look, hey, guys, just read the headline. West Tigers may be Ben Hunt's new home. Cheers, as we kept saying that it was going to be uh, in Queensland because Ben Hunt wants to go to Queensland. And I just looked at it. It was on uh, Zero Tackle, and it came from Matt Rogers, of all people. Matt Rogers, who's a source that he trusts. That's Matt Rogers, the ex-Cronulla Shark, uh, saying that he'll end up at the Tigers on a million a year. Why? Why would you do it? It's half past one.